Expand and impact. Internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. Welcome back to the Expand and Impact podcast, a space where we discuss how you can create a successful life that is an authentic expression of you, and where we also explore the intersection between personal development and gender equality. In today's episode, I am getting personal with you and sharing a story of something that happened to me a few weeks ago. It actually happened between myself and my partner. He triggered a really big emotion in me. And this is the story of what happened next. So for some background, I am in a long-term relationship with my partner, Stu, and we've been together for seven years. And we've been living together for the majority of our relationship because we are both from different countries. He's Australian and I'm Polish-American. And we actually met during my first year living in Australia in 2016. And due to the nature of our relationship and all of the legalities and visas, we actually started living together much sooner than most couples generally would. After one year of doing long distance, without ever having lived together, we decided to see if our relationship was worth pursuing and picked a country on a map and moved there. We moved to New Zealand and started living together and have been living in the same space ever since. So the reason why this is important to the story is because this isn't a new relationship. This is a person that has been in my life for almost a decade and has been through almost my entire 20s with me, through all of the ups and downs and existential crisis that your 20s tend to bring, although I'm in my 30s now, and I have to admit, I still have those existential crises that were so common in my 20s. And I don't think this is something that is ever going to fully go away because the mind loves to create havoc. It loves to overthink and it loves to interpret situations and keep us protected by bringing up different fears and insecurities with us. And I am a firm believer that no matter how long you've been on this journey of personal growth and personal healing and embodied leadership, there will never come a time where you are fully healed, fully anything, because as life has it, we are on this journey of constant evolution. And with you each up level in your life, will come new fears and new doubts and new insecurities to work through. And I like to find comfort in this thought instead of allowing it to overpower me and overconsume my emotional state and my mental state and my decisions. I say all of this to emphasize that I've been with my partner for quite a while. And we've been through a lot together. And usually the people that are closest to you have the power to trigger you like no one else because they know exactly what buttons to push. And you also feel the most comfortable with them. So certain emotional reactions and triggers that you normally wouldn't allow yourself to access in public situations, we often feel comfortable and safe enough to unleash or unravel 
in front of people that we feel closest to. And with these emotional responses and these emotional triggers, we either feel guilty and ashamed for not being able to calm ourselves down or to speak clearly and consciously like we desire and to connect and lean forward into the conflicts without getting angry or without getting frustrated. There can be a lot of guilt and shame attached to showing up in ways that we didn't expect ourselves to and that we know that we don't want to show up. Or we disconnect completely. When we feel emotions coming up in our nervous system and starting to rise within us, perhaps we disconnect from the people that are closest to us. And we have a tendency to run away or isolate ourselves and even use language like, no, it's fine. And I'm fine. And saying I'm fine a couple of times in your life doesn't have big consequences. It doesn't harm us in any way. But relying on the phrase, I'm fine, instead of learning to discover what's underneath it, actually has really significant long-term consequences because I'm fine, that phrase, is a very common mask that hides our truth to how we are actually feeling and to the needs that perhaps aren't being met or to something that isn't being communicated that can actually help bring us closer together in our relationships, both professional and personal, and also closer to ourselves. So sometimes we say, I'm fine to other people, but over time, we actually start to deny ourselves our own connection to what we are experiencing and how we are experiencing it. And we start to deny that anything is even wrong. And so, The story with my partner goes a little bit like this. I was in the shower after a long day where I was feeling really wobbly, kind of emotional, a little off. We all have those days. I have them too. And I heard a knock on the door. And of course, it was my partner wanting to come into the bathroom while I was in the shower. And normally, I wouldn't care. This wouldn't bother me. We've been together long enough where we walk in to the bathroom on each other when we're showering all the time. But in this moment, I really just wanted my privacy. And I heard the knock and I'd said that he couldn't come in. And he thought that it would be funny to open the door very quickly and close it to pretend like he was coming in. So after I said no, he opened the door really quickly, made some kind of goofy noise, and closed it shut. So he never actually came into the bathroom. And yet in this moment, when I felt that door open, when I saw it open, when I heard it open, I immediately felt rage start to rise within me. I felt it going from my legs all the way through my entire body into my head and my face to the point where I felt really hot. I felt really hot with anger. And in this moment, the rage dissipated as quickly as it came up. The reason for that, I've been doing this work for a long time. (laughs) I've been doing this work for quite a while. So 
the anger that was rising in me, I had the tools and the capacity to navigate it so I can process it in the moment instead of allowing it to consume me. However, nonetheless, I got angry. I got really, really angry. And this feeling of anger and rage can be really confronting and extremely scary, especially in these moments when you are connected with someone that you care about or someone that you're close with or that you thought you knew well. And if they have the power to trigger off that rage, it makes you question. It makes your mind take over the situation and start to question and create stories like, should I even be in this relationship if I'm getting so angry? Or what does it mean about me? What does it mean about us? What does it mean about life and really my place in it? Who am I? You know, all of these existential questions that our mind brings us into and is sometimes triggered off something that seems so small. So from the outside looking in, someone may wonder, why did you get so angry when he didn't even come into the bathroom and he barely opened the door and he was just making a joke. And when I stood in the shower processing this anger that I felt so that it doesn't consume me and so I don't leave the bathroom and leave the shower with it, I had a very clear image in my mind of the root of my emotion, the root of this anger. And it wasn't so much that he opened the door because our triggers are almost never about the thing that our conscious mind sees. And they are almost always a body response and a body memory to something that happened in the past. So if it is hysterical, it is historical. I heard this phrase, I think maybe Mark Groves has said it before. I might've heard it from him. And it just really solidified This concept, and I think it's such a beautiful way to explain it simply, the power of our emotions and the roots of them, the root cause. If it is hysterical, it is historical. With meaning, my anger and my rage had nothing to do with my partner coming into the bathroom when I was taking a shower. Because if this was any other day, any other time, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I wouldn't even care. He would come in, get, do what he needs to do, and leave. But on this day, in this moment that I experienced this, my body responded differently. And my emotions told me a story. And that story was that he violated my boundary. He violated my no. I was already having a day. I was already feeling really tender, really sensitive, really emotional, overthinking a lot of things. And I came into the bathroom to have a hot shower to separate myself, to nourish myself, to feel the heat of the water on my skin so that I embrace and get like a warm hug. And when I said, no, you cannot come into the bathroom, and he opened that door anyway, it triggered anger and rage in me. And the reason why I know that in this moment specifically, it was a violation to my boundary, a violation to my no, 
is because when I was little, I wasn't allowed to have boundaries. It's not something that is commonly talked about, aka at all, in my family. It's not something that we were allowed to have as children in the house. And I remember having these fights with my parents as preteens do, as teenagers do, as adolescents do, and getting really emotional and really angry in these conversations and feeling like I wasn't heard or understood or accepted the way I was. That my words didn't mean anything in these conversations, and nor did my actions or my wants or my desires. And I remember so many instances of going into my room in the middle of these fights that from the outside looking in don't seem like a big deal. It just seems like a normal fight that a parent would have with a child that we've normalized in society. And I remember going into my room and closing and locking the door behind me, except my doorknob in my childhood home didn't have a lock that actually locked the door. It was one of those locks that you can open with your thumbnail or like a coin on the outside. So unless you like put a chair underneath the handle on the inside of the room, you can always open the door from the outside. So essentially, the lock didn't allow me to have that privacy if the person on the other side decided they wanted to come in. And so many times when I was having really strong emotional reactions that my parents didn't know how to help me through, they didn't know how to help me make sense of it or to regulate myself and to come back into a place where I feel safe to have and express emotion, I would retreat to my room to get that space, to separate myself from the chaos. And when I would close the door, many times someone would come in anyway. And this is a memory that is buried deep within that I have spent some time processing, which is why I was able to harness that anger and that rage and dissolve it without exploding, without it allowing to take over. And the reason why this body memory was triggered in this moment, but it wouldn't have been if this was the same situation during a different day, during a different time, and if the context was different, is because I was already fatigued. I was already tired. I was already feeling emotional and at the capacity of what I can handle and hold for that day, for that week, for that month. And so when I went to retreat to get personal space and I felt that my space was being violated and that my boundary didn't mean anything and that my saying no didn't mean anything, The simple opening and closing of a door had the power to rise this really powerful, intense emotion in me. Does it mean that I haven't processed this memory or this experience? No. What it means is that how I was feeling in that moment and what I was needing reminded me of something from the past and experience that I had. But when I am well rested, when I am feeling open to life, when I am feeling really steady within myself, I don't react in this way. And no one reacts in this way. If you reflect on your life, you can have 
the same thing happen to you during different days and your emotional response will be very different. And this change in our emotional response or what dictates how we will respond are all of those moments leading up to that event, to that situation, to the moment where we don't have a lot of capacity for maybe someone else and we're wanting and needing something very specific. And so our unconscious mind and our body memory interprets anything that doesn't align with what we want and what we need and what we ask for as a boundary violation. And as my anger was settling down, fun fact, emotions only technically last for about 90 seconds. Neuroscientists have found this. This is a fact. And so why does it feel like emotions have the power to last longer? It comes down to our awareness and our ability and our internal capacity to be able to process them, to be able to hold them. Because like I mentioned, if I hadn't been doing this work for as long as I have, I would have no idea why I was reacting the way I was. I would be angry with my partner for opening the door without having awareness around the root cause of my emotional reaction. And I would have allowed that story that he doesn't respect me because that's what it came down to, right? Why am I angry with him for opening the door? He doesn't respect me. He doesn't listen to what I say. He does this all the time. These are stories that we create that aren't necessarily rooted in truth. Because by taking a moment to be with my experience and to really question in that moment, what is my anger and rage telling me? It wasn't that he didn't respect me. It was that I needed something and he didn't meet that. But also he couldn't have known how much I needed that personal space in that moment because if this was the day before and he did the same thing, I wouldn't have reacted the same way. And this is why relationships are so complex sometimes and so nuanced, all relationships. And yet how we show up in our relationships, the ones that are closest to us, there's always breadcrumbs of how we show up and interact with people around us in our professional life, friends that maybe we don't have that intimacy as we do with partners or relationships that we've had in our life since a young age. And this situation, had it happened to someone else, they may never have a responsive anger to it because they didn't experience the same type of boundary violation that I did that obviously was so important to my younger self and made me feel some type of way that my body stored it as a memory. Boundaries are such a nuanced thing, and we have to learn how to have them and how to communicate them, and also understand that they are not something that is rigid or that is fixed, but boundaries are something that need to be flexible in order to not only take into consideration our own needs, but to also consider the people who we are wanting boundaries with 
and their needs and their well-being. And how these boundaries allow us to love ourselves while also remaining connected and open to the people that we are with, to the people that we want relationships with. I see this all the time online about boundaries on how you need to set boundaries and cut toxic people out of your life. The thing is, though, our human condition and our and the way our emotions work, on one day, we may perceive a person as being toxic, and on another day, we may not perceive them as being toxic. We may simply perceive them as being annoying or have the awareness to consider that maybe they just have something going on in their life and their response and their reaction isn't personal. And now this, of course, doesn't apply to those really toxic or manipulative and narcissistic relationships. I'm referring to the relationships that many of us experience on a day-to-day basis, the ones where we have love and connection and support, and we also have the opposite of those things, maybe frustration, anger, annoyance, disappointment. Our emotions are there to show us the way. They're there to show us what we're needing more of, maybe what we're needing less of, in every given moment and every given day. And that's why this work can't be done overnight. There is no quick fix because as humans, we are so nuanced. In relationship, we are so nuanced. And in order to be able to thrive and know what we need and know what we want in all areas of our life, we have to start with ourselves. We have to consider where we need boundaries, how rigid they should be, where there's room for compromise and flexibility, and the root of our emotions. The thing is, when we have strong and overpowering emotions, we have the experience of them happening suddenly. And I get this with a lot of my clients, this experience of being extremely ashamed and disappointed in how they react to situations. And and I think this is a common thing for high achievers. When you have really high standards for yourself and for others, when you don't react in a way that is aligned with those standards you have for yourself, it can make us feel really ashamed and guilty and really confused as to why we aren't able to show up in a way that we're really working hard to do and that we really want to and that we know is actually going to serve us and serve the people that we are leading in our lives. And when we can become more intimate and curious about our emotional responses and how we are actually feeling without wanting it to be different, without putting a band-aid over it and putting some tool or numbing ourselves with TV or alcohol or even excessive exercise that can also be a form of self-protection, of self-avoidance, avoiding the reason and that impulse that we feel inside, that pressure that drives us to overwork, that drives us to overwhelm, that drives us towards anxiety. These are all symptoms. These are not who you are. And our emotions can tell us where our needs aren't being met and also where we perhaps may need some boundaries 
and learn to communicate them. Before we can get to the point of communicating our boundaries and really uncovering our needs, we need to practice slowing down just enough to notice the buildup to these events. Because like I just mentioned, they seem like they happen suddenly, but actually it doesn't happen right away. Because the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis impact us mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically. And they start to either make us feel expanded and open to life, being able to hold a lot of stress, or little events that happen every day. They don't need to be anything serious, but simply forgetting to eat, forgetting to drink water starts to impact our nervous system and our mind and our body in a way where we start to close down, contract, and we're not able to handle as much stress or as much uncertainty or as much unexpected situations and spontaneity as we would if we had our needs met and really did the work to uncover the root of our blockages and our internal conflicts. Believe it or not, these internal conflicts that we hold that are the things that trigger these big emotions inside of us, they take up a lot of space. And when they take up a lot of space, there's no room for anything new to fit. There's no room to feel expanded and to feel secure and steady in yourself and in your decisions and in your reactions. There's no room to tap into a state of calm to be able to communicate with intention. There's no room to explore where there is a disconnect between perhaps having boundaries and needs and truly believing that you deserve to have those things, that you deserve to feel good, that you deserve to experience life in a way that feels fulfilling, that is more joyful and more steady. If we don't take the time to stop to consider these things and to really cultivate more fluidity and flow in our life and to really expand our capacity and awareness to handle stress, be with conflict, and to be with ourselves in those moments where it might be hard to look in the mirror because there's some lingering shame and guilt of not meeting our own expectations of ourselves when we don't stop to consider these things and give a voice to them. We will continue to self-sacrifice and self-sabotage along the way. We will continue to put other people's needs before our own. We will continue to strive to meet other people's expectations of us before we slow down enough to see if we're meeting our own expectations of ourselves and if we're actually doing what we want to be doing. And also giving ourselves the time and the space to consider how we can be better. Because when we are able to be with more of the nuances that life and our human condition is inherently created from, 
we are also able to be with other people's nuances and to be able to help them navigate and be with other people's fears, be with their big emotions, be with their insecurities without getting tangled up in them. If we continue to be really rigid in what we allow into our lives and what we don't, and really rigid with ourselves of which emotions are acceptable and which ones aren't acceptable, we will continue to make decisions from a place of obligation instead of from a place of desire. When you are doing something because you need to do, you lose access to what you want to do. But we can learn to be flexible and to hold both of those things, to show up in our obligations and responsibilities while also honoring that perhaps we want something else, that we have needs too, and that we can learn for both of these things to coexist. That we don't have to always compromise to the point of self-sacrifice. That we can learn to honor our no's and honor our yeses while also being mindful of the impact that has on the people around us. The human experience. High performance in your work and in your life. Cultivating deeper joys deeper steadiness, deeper calm, deeper relaxation in your life does not happen without exploring these things that we have some guilt and shame attached to. When a boundary isn't integrated, We are super rigid with our boundaries and forget that there is even another person on the other side of our boundary. Another person on the other side with their own needs, their own expectations, their own vulnerabilities. I do want to normalize that when you are learning how to have boundaries, for example, when you are learning to lean into conflicts and have tough conversations while remaining open instead of running away or allowing those emotions to really consume the situation and motivate reactions, behavior, beliefs, thoughts, at first we will be rigid because there are parts of us that feel really threatened to doing things differently that don't fully trust that perhaps people have the capacity or the desire to honor what we want, to honor what we need, and to help us meet those things. And so if you are on the journey of learning to have boundaries, I want to normalize that the guilt attached to it when you set a boundary and also when you are really rigid with your boundaries and struggle to have access to that flexibility that allows you to consider the person or the people on the other end while still maintaining a boundary and not giving in to pressure and expectation. It's really normal that we either feel really emotionally charged, we feel guilty, or we're super rigid. 
these are generally the first steps to learning to have healthier boundaries and to have healthier relationships with not only ourselves, but also with the people that we commune with every day, that we interact with every day. And when the skill of boundaries is integrated, that requires an extremely deep connection to self and an intimacy with your emotions and your reactions and clarity around the power of your thoughts. This is big stuff, people. (laughs) That's why there is no quick fix. But it also doesn't take like a infinite amount of time to be able to begin to have some mastery around these skills. But it does take guidance. It does take support to be able to uncover the blockages that stand in the way of being able to find more flow in life, to be able to access that stability, that security within so that it can reflect outward. Before we can have flexible boundaries, we will have rigid boundaries. Before we can lean into conflict and stay connected in hard conversations, our fight or flight response might take over, and it will. I've been doing this work for over a decade, and more professionally within the psychology field and the somatic and holistic wellness And I still get caught in the emotion and the avoidant response when things get hard. I have a tendency to be avoidant and to move away from situations to get my needs met and to get clarity. And when things get hard, I notice those avoidant patterns still. But before you can change these patterns that you find yourself getting looped back into, you have to become aware of them, but not after the fact, before they happen and as they are happening. And to be able to grow in awareness and grow in intimacy around these things, often it does require some support. It does require Meeting your ego, that part of you that thinks you should know how to do this, that thinks you should know better, that you should be able to do it on your own, to really coming face to face with that part, but not giving into it. And instead, leaning into the energy and the power and the desire of a different part of you that perhaps doesn't want to do it alone, that wants to learn how to cultivate mastery around these skills, mastery of being human, mastery of performance, to succeed in a way that feels sustainable, to heal in a way where you are still enjoying the present moment now and not waiting for something, for some elusive goal to change your emotional state, to change your connection to presence. I'll be honest, I've been going through an extremely hard time lately. The last three years have been the most challenging that I have ever experienced. I've had more mental breakdowns, as my coach likes to call them, menti bees. (laughs) I've had more mental breakdowns in the last three years than I've had through my entire life. And yet, 
despite the rise of emotion, the rise of fear and uncertainty and insecurity and self-doubt, I still feel so deeply steady inside. I still feel so deeply committed and certain that the path I'm on is the one I'm meant to be on. Because I feel like the eye in the storm. When life is storming, I know that I am the sun. I know that I am the light. But I didn't get here on my own, and I didn't get here overnight. And so instead of striving towards the next thing that is going to make things better, that next goal, whether personally or professionally, where you can finally exhale, where you will finally be able to feel connected, to not run away from problems, or to stop forcing into problems head on and actually take a step back to consider how you want to move forward, what you are needing in the moment. These are skills we have to learn. These are skills that change the quality of your life. To be connected with this deep inner peace, even when life is storming, I know no better reward for being on this journey. I know no better feeling. And I want this for you. This is accessible to you. Because I've been there. I've been swept up in the emotion. I've been swept up in the shame and in the guilt, in the expectation. I've been there. And me being able to simmer down the rage that was triggered off by an open door by my boyfriend of seven years, I did not get there overnight. But I am so proud for how far I've come and for that clarity in the moment. And you know what happened after the rage settled and I got out of the shower? This is something that I couldn't even fathom doing five years ago or like early on in our relationship. I got dressed. I walked outside of the bathroom. I found him in the bedroom. And I said, Stu, I really didn't appreciate you opening the door when I was in the shower after I said no. I felt that you violated my privacy and that you didn't respect my no or my boundary. And that really upset me. And that's not okay with me. Next time, when I say no, I need you to honor it. And he heard me. Because I didn't yell at him. And because I had processed that energetic reaction to be able to access the clarity behind it. To be able to access like what the actual root problem or root cause of my reaction was. Other people sense this type of integration. That is embodiment. It's not never feeling angry. It's never, it's not never raging. It's knowing how to integrate those emotions and experiencing healthy anger, healthy rage, so that you can come back into connection with other people, come back into connection with yourself, and so that the emotional response doesn't last more than 90 seconds and get swept away by the stories of the mind, 
But when you learn to process these experiences and get to the root internal conflict of why they get triggered over and over again, that's how we access our freedom. That's how we access a sustainable way forward to break the patterns that keep us hostage, that break open the prison door of the prison we've built for ourselves. The consequence of being ambitious and hardworking, we don't know how to quit. <laughs> we do not know how to quit. We do not know how to lean out, especially when we're up against a challenge. And we don't have to quit. We don't have to lean out. But what we can learn to do is work with our experience, work with our emotions, with our thoughts, with the sensations in our body, and use them as information and trailheads to our internal freedom, to our ability to show up how we want to and keep slowly, gently, sustainably moving forward instead of taking 20 steps forward and 100 steps back. People call that self-sabotage, but getting stuck in patterns that you are trying to break free from isn't self-sabotage. It's self-protection. It's self-preservation. There's a part of you that is waiting to be heard, to be seen, to be acknowledged. That younger part of me who felt like she wasn't allowed to have boundaries as a kid waited for years and years for me to see her, for me to hold her in her angst, for me to tell her that it's okay to be angry and that you are worthy of boundaries. You deserve to have boundaries, even if you were never allowed them before. Because you are not that younger part of you anymore. You are not that child. You are a strong and intelligent and brave woman who can process her anger safely in a healthy way and leave that bathroom to remain connected with her partner and to communicate exactly what you need, what you expect, and what you will not tolerate. Because you are worthy of having needs. And you are allowed to expect things of people as long as you can meet in the middle and have a conversation about it. And so I invite you to consider if you experience emotional eruption, strong and powerful emotions that last more than 90 seconds, that sweep you away and feel overpowering, that may have some guilt or shame attached, I invite you to question, what is this emotion hiding? What is it protecting you from? What need isn't being met here? And what can you do, just one small thing, to meet that need? Because lasting and sustainable and transformational deep change the real inner work happens one small step at a time. Not by doing a huge breathwork practice that rips off the scab of some kind of emotional wound you had from 20 years ago that you feel completely open by. You feel that breakthrough and then you have a breakdown again. 
one small step at a time, one small need at a time, forward, sustainable, safe, lasting. This is how we create generational change. Do not underestimate the power of one healed nervous system, of one healed soul. Because by learning these skills, you are setting up a path for generations that come after you to do the same. And also, you're an example of the people around you who may not even have that interest yet in the self-work. By witnessing how you respond to situations, by witnessing how steady you remain during times of adversity and stress, that is inspiring. And people feel that energy and they will eventually perhaps want to feel it too and ask you how you did it. On that note, thanks for tuning in today. Cheers to your health, wealth, and happiness. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at expand and impact. <laughs>